and the people in the audacity asked me why my rapist wife just sent me a friend request this past weekend. What? <laughs> what the? Do she know? I don't know. Like you know, like when you a kid, you always get weird vibes from like adults, and you never like. You kind of get the feeling that they like feel some type of way about you, but you know, like you. You never really, I guess, because you a kid, you don't know if you should, like, say something or act on it. I always, this woman always gave me vibes like she didn't like me. And now she's going to give you a friend request. Mm-hmm. What kind of shit? Because, what, I was, like, seven or eight when he raped me, so that made him, like... 16 or 17 and then him and her met and started dating I want to say like his senior year of high school and he married her had some kids by whatever but like they she just always gave me these like vibes like I would always catch her looking at me sideways or like cutting her eyes at me or rolling her eyes at me or like she would go out of her way to like buy stuff for my sister but she wouldn't get nothing for me or like go out go out of the way to like spoil my sister, or like, you know, tell my sister how pretty she was and all kind of stuff, but she wouldn't like she wouldn't even speak to me really. Maybe maybe he said something to her. Maybe she don't know, but maybe he said something to her to make her look at you different. You know how men do they like knock somebody down to make somebody else feel good type of but I was a kid. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Still, you know, like maybe he said you tried to do something with him and he passed, you know, you too young type, you know, I don't know. They make it sound good. But if, if you really pay attention, you'd be like, how you just randomly start talking about that? But if she do know and she act like that towards you, that, that just shows you the type of woman she is. Right, that's why I'm like, why is she sending me a friend request? Because I put him on blast, like, what, two years ago now? Almost three years ago? Uh, like, he had the audacity to come try to send me a friend request. And I just ended up putting him on blast or whatever because he was my mama's um, half-brother. So, I put him on blast or whatever. And him and my mama didn't talk no more anyway because when it came to burying my grandmother, he, like, left my mama hanging. And um, they my grandmother, only two biological children. So um, they kind of fell out behind that. And then that was like the last time my mama talked to him and all kind of stuff. So for him to just come out the blue, send me a friend request, knowing you used to molest me and rape me when I was like a child. And you think everything all good, like everything cool. Oh no, sir. So I and I tagged him in the post and everything. He deleted his Facebook, everything. His nieces and nephews through his daddy tried to come at me after the post or whatever and was like, he's young. you and your mama always been jealous of him. Jealous of what? Jealous of what? He's an overweight midget with no knees. <laughs> I can't see. Jealous of what? What is there to be jealous of? 
he got four kids out of wedlock that he done had on his wife and that woman put him on child support so that's whooping his ass what is there to be jealous of they was like well he's never done that to us well i'm i'm glad you had a childhood where you had a good uncle who did what he was supposed to and and protected you and did good things for you and all of that stuff i'm glad y'all had the chance to experience that because me and his other nephew who's close in age to me year older than him he was molesting him too what he did, did he say something come to find out his daddy found out and I vaguely remember this conversation because like I said I was a kid so I don't remember all the details but once I had told my mom well technically I didn't tell my mom but Tiggy blackmailed me and went go tell my mom I wasn't ready to talk about it yet I was still going to therapy behind it and Tiggy blackmailed me behind some money and went go tell my mama so when me and my mama talked about it my mama had brought up that my cousin's dad found out that he was being molested too and he was threatening to press charges on my mama half brother and uh, he had went to jail behind it they said video they had him like on a hidden camera or something like that or some type of camera i remember them talking about it as a kid like they had him on camera or something but it was like the way the camera angle was you couldn't see what he was doing so it was they couldn't prove that that's what he was doing Cause like his back was to something like that or whatever but um and they said the reason he found out was because my little cousin had told his daddy that when nobody be there lance be touching his wee wee that's all i don't have kids but i know when i do or if i do that I'm gonna be overprotective in the mud because I was touched as well. And it's just like, sometimes we don't say nothing because we kind of think we're in the wrong or that people don't, won't believe us because they're so much older than us, you know? So it's just Right. Like, I know for me, I didn't say nothing because he would always tell me if I said something, he would hurt my mama and my daddy. And I thought I was protecting my mama and my daddy by not saying nothing. So when they found out about Lil' Keith, they came and asked me if anything like that ever happened to me. I told them no, but in my head, I'm I'm protecting y'all. He said he gonna hurt y'all. My mama was like, Kylie, you know if you'd have said something, your daddy would have killed him. slaughtered him and I'd have been right there with him I said but as a child you don't think like that yeah it's like over your thinking grade kind of because it's like if they're part of the family it's like what do I do and then like on my end it was it was basically someone that I enjoyed going to house we would chill we would talk like she was my person that 
I would talk to about things I couldn't talk to my parents about type thing. And then she got this boyfriend, but she used to work all the time. And he just used to do everything plus more. And I till this day, like my mama know, I came out and told her just last year. Well, you know, 2021. I came out and told my husband just last year, but I don't think she knows. And still as an adult, it's that child part of me like, do I tell her or should I not tell her? So I don't know. I, I, from going and talking about it in therapy, one thing my therapist said was like, for some people, the way to like release is to like be able to confront every, everybody that was involved in the situation and let them know like how they made you feel in that situation. And then some people just, can't do that like you just have to decide for yourself which one is better for you like some people just rather just forgive and forget and stay silent and let it go and then some people it made them feel better I'm gonna be honest it made me feel good as fuck to put his ass on blast and let him know that like I remember everything you did to me now you're not finna just come try to add me on Facebook and then act like that never happened like had the nerve not to not just add me but to message me like on some hey niece like how you been I missed you it's been a long time since we talked like type thing like nothing ever happened I hadn't seen that man or spoke to that man since I was like 15 I don't understand what they get out of it. It's like people out here giving it away. And you want to take my innocence. Exactly. That's the weirdest thing. I'll never understand it. I'll never get it. I sat down and tried to rationalize it, like, in some way. I I will never understand a grown person's attraction to a child. But... I guess in a way, psychologically, I can't understand the plate he was at. I guess is how I could put it. Like, I don't understand how you find a child arousing, but psychologically, like I know for a fact he was getting bullied in school cause he was overweight. I know like the other, the other dudes on the football team used to bully him. I remember they used to say they had this kid in in school that would like pick on him all the time. He he never had a girlfriend, all kind of stuff. Um, so like I guess like that was the only way he thought he could get some, maybe. Oh, no. I can't even put my 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 feet in nobody's shoes in that case because. Like I said, I don't have a kid, but like even or like me having my godchild, my best friend allows her to go different places. And it's like, I'm so scared for her knowing what happened to me, knowing what kind of kid she is. It's just like, like, are you sure you want her to go there? Is it okay over there? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, it got to shake. Maybe 
before I'm blessed with a kid, I need to talk to somebody or something because I don't know. Like I said, I'll never get that part of it, but I think psychologically he was at a place where women his age didn't want him. Or maybe he didn't see women his age that wanted him. Because even whenever he did get with his, his wife now, when he did meet her, it was like, you could tell she was kind of like a reject too. But at the same time, on my end, I told you he was with this lady. Like, that was his girlfriend at the time. And it's the it weirdest thing. And you know what? I kind of got vibes. I have like an older cousin named Laura. When I say older, she like my grandmother's age. And I can remember being a kid and she was dating this dude. They used to call him Chucky. I don't know if that was his real name or not. I just remember they used to call him Chucky. And I remember that man used to make like grown women jokes with me and everybody would laugh and Kiki like that shit was funny. Like he would say stuff like, he would ask me how I was doing. He'd be like, oh, hey, Kyla, how you doing? And I'd be like, I'm fine. Mind you, I'm like 10, 11, 12. I'd be like, I'm fine. He'd be like, oh, I could see you're fine. I'm asking how you're doing. And I would just be sitting there looking confused and a motherfucker. And I'd be like, I'm fine. And he'd be like, and I said, I could see you're fine. I'm asking how you're doing. And I would just be sitting there looking confused. And then she would just start laughing and be like, Chucky, stop playing with that girl. Oh, Miss Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, hey, what's going on? Good. We just talking, chopping it up. I see, I see, girl. That's that's a whole, that's a real subject you're on right there because there's a lot of pedophiles, especially in the family with family friends that they just like to look over. You know, the, ty- the type that's like, you know, go put something else on because your uncle coming over, you know, type. <laughs> that's crazy. That That is crazy. Like, I don't never forget that. I'll be like, that man used to make me feel so damn uncomfortable in my skin. And they would never leave me in the house by myself with him, though. He was like one of those, like, if everybody went outside and he was the only adult left in the house, they'd be like, Kyla, come outside. Ooh, ooh. Red flags. And you see, they already knew. They'd be knowing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they'd be knowing. And the same thing with my half uncle when he like would like rape me and molest me because around the time he was doing that, my great grandmother was still alive. My great grandmother lived with my grandma. My grandma was a nurse, so she would leave to go to work at like three, four o'clock in the afternoon and she worked overnight at the hospital or whatever. So it would just be us home. Now, my great-grandmother, when she was, like, awake, if she was up, like, I got the feeling that she knew. Because, like, there were certain times where he would try to, like, get me in his bedroom or trap me in his bedroom. Or I would be in his bedroom playing a video game or something like that, and he would, like, lock the door. She would just come pop up out of nowhere and be like, "Uh uh-uh, unlock that door. We don't lock doors in this this room. Leave that door open while that girl in there. But that was like if she was awake. If she wasn't there or if she was sleeping, it was a whole nother issue. Girl, now you see. 
<sighs> Do you know anybody else that had that like similar interaction with him? My, I have a, a boy cousin that he used to molest. Damn. And you see all the family knows what's going on. And he got caught and they pressed charges on him. Or they okay, so that's my mama half brother. He got half siblings through his daddy too. So it was one of his half siblings children through his daddy that he was molesting too. And he caught him. They he was gonna press charges on him. The police had arrested him. They had a video, but they they dropped the charges and then they said they didn't have enough evidence to really pursue because it was basically like a child's word against his so it was like he say she say and then in the video his back was to the cameras so they said you couldn't see what he was doing to the little boy in the video and then um what else my and my grandmother didn't believe it from what I could remember from back then like they was like I could remember them fussing with my grandmother and my grandmother didn't believe that my grandmother was like oh no he making that up like my child would never because that was her like her youngest child so in her mind her baby could do no wrong like everybody lying on him and they they bailed him out of jail like I, they put a mark they put like a second or a third mortgage on that house to bail him out damn And how old is he now? Oh, now? Let's see. My mama is 52, I think. 51 or 52. So that make him... He got to be at least in his 40s. Old predator. Probably early 40s. Girl, now you see... Like on my side, I have a cousin. Um, whenever she was about like eight years old, somewhere around there, her daddy started raping her, her own daddy. And he was raping her in the behind. And then like I guess when she got older or whatever, he started raping her in both areas and she ended up getting pregnant whenever she was like thirteen. And like the mom found out, uh, she found all kind of text messages in her phone saying, uh, you know, he was like, I love you. That's why I do that to you. Don't tell your mama. And she wouldn't understand. Girl, he had her brainwashed bad, bad. But she had, they went get an abortion. And uh, I mean, my cousin, she like, she my age now, you know. And she done had like three kids, but she's still like really traumatized behind it. And uh, she for a while she was still writing him while he was in prison. Like she was still like telling him that she loved him, that she forgave him, and yeah. And then the next letter was like a letter threatening that she would kill him and all kind of crazy. She was going through, she had to get like psychiatric help. She was help, just going through a therapy. bunch of different emotions. Yeah, it was bad. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. She said it took her a while, you know, to really feel like real love. Well, now she's married, you know, but. And like she had some resentment towards 
uh, her grandmother because that's her grandmother's son, you know, which is her daddy. And so she feels like he, she like raised him to do that or type of thing. So they won't let her see the children. And oh yeah, it's a big thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're just gonna uh, start on our topic for today, which um, I kind of thought it'd be interesting to have you come on and talk about this because I really wanted to do a segment on um, just like black children growing up in white households or growing up in an interracial household and like just like different aspects of life. So I'm gonna start by having you introduce yourself to the people, tell us your name, your age. What you have going on? Okay, all right. Well, my name is Chelsea. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm 25 years old. Uh, I have four children, all under the age of six. And I'm currently in a relationship. Uh, I mean, and growing up... Let's just start from the beginning. So let me Uh, ask you a question before you just dive into it. So like, when was the first time or like how young were you when you could remember like, or when you noticed something was different between you and the rest of your family? Okay. Well, I was probably seven or eight years old and I would hang out with a girl that lived across the street in the projects and there was a white girl and she would come over we'd hang out and stuff like that but I ended up catching lice from the little girl and going through the procedure with my hair with them not knowing what to do with it you know with them always saying my hair was nappy, you know, stuff like that. And they ended up literally chopping my hair off, like all the way off, like buzz cut it, it down. Like I looked like a little boy. And that part of my life really, really traumatized me. That whole head shaving process, I can remember it like yesterday. <laughs> and that was really like I realized you know because they they got it out her hair like they just combed through her hair you know with this with the medication product whatever they just got it all out here but my hair they were like no we can't do it her hair's too nappy she has too much black in her and she's not even supposed to be catching lice and y'all don't know how to do her hair and yeah so that's kind of like really when I really started noticing I was different. My hair wouldn't stay down. Like whenever I'd go in the shower, I'd put like shampoo and conditioner in my hair just to make it stay down. Cause I don't know why it would just keep poofing up. Why can't my hair just be flat and straight? You know? So. So at what age did you realize like they were like treating you differently because of you being half black or because you was black? Well, whenever I started having black friends, 
and I started interacting with other people like in the like uh you know like eighth ninth grade when you're going into high school type so I guess it was around like what 13 14 and that's whenever the stuff really started like uh you know oh you're you love niggers you're a nigger lover and you like hanging out with black people and you don't like no light-skinned boys and yeah stuff like that so my question is because i'm just coming into it so my question is what first of all where was your parents well my mom whenever i was born um, she had. She said she tried to stay clean most of the time that she was pregnant with me. I don't know how true that is, but I'm the first of her children. She has three of them. And after she had me, um, then she started going back, running the streets, and being addicted to drugs, crack cocaine, and she used to drink a lot too. And my dad, uh, whenever... I was like two to three years old. Um, he got involved with a murder that involved a child. And he'd been in prison for life. So he's been in there ever since. Okay. And so you knew, like, I know you said since you were three, but you knew that your dad was black. Well, whenever I was like, well, of course my mom, you know, my mom, she eventually was like, you know, yeah, half and half, you know, and your dad, he's kind of darker skinned. And, but she didn't really remember exactly who my dad was, but she just knew he was darker skinned. And, uh, and then whenever I was at my grandmother's house one day, like at least, like 10 or 15 of the family members that lived down the street at the projects, they all came walking down to the house and they were like, you know, you're our cousin and you're a part of our family and you don't know that, but, you know, we're here to take you, basically. And my grandfather, he ran off the house, like, screaming at him, like, get the fuck off my property and, yeah. And then, you know, eventually I started seeing pictures of him and we had a phone conversation. Our first phone conversation we had was probably like two months ago. I finally talked to him on the phone. I haven't met him in person yet. Hopefully I come one day. So how do you... Growing up, okay, I guess let's start off by what's the earliest memory you have? Like, once you realized that they kind of treated you differently because you were Black or because you had Black in you, or now that you've realized that, what's the earliest you think you could have, if you weren't like a kid, you know, what's the earliest memories you think you could have had 
as far as them like either saying racist things or saying things to you that now when you think back you're like damn like they they really was like playing with me and I was a kid like that like well they wouldn't most like whenever what I remember like as being like young young super young they wouldn't like call me they wouldn't like say racial things to me but they would like like my grandmother she used to just grab me and throw me and slam me against the wall into the dresser like she would push me in the dryer like it it would be like stuff like that like they would just treat me bad like when you say push you in the dryer you mean like push you into the dryer like in like in feel like physically in the dryer like well and put you in the dryer well i was bent over i was bent over one time and she pushed me and i was like i was already in the dryer so she like pushed me in the dryer and i like fell you know and of course you know it made a lot of noise and stuff like that (laughs) but i remember that same exact day i went outside and johnny Johnny was telling some people. He was like, yeah, uh, she in there hitting uh, Chelsea right now. And when I walk outside, he was like, "Uh, don't she hit you, Chelsea? Didn't she just hit you? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And that's your mom's brother, right? Yeah, yeah, that's my mom's brother, Johnny. So, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be mostly like like I said, not until I started. Because I guess they figured I've been hanging out with white people, you know, because of the way that they raised me. They thought I would be more on the white people side. But I, I no, <laughs> I swayed it towards my people. <laughs> so, so was it just like the older, the older family members or was it all of them? Well... I mean, it was it was just my grandparents. That's that's the only family that I had really was my grandfather, my grandmother, and then I had my uncle, Uncle Johnny, and my mom. And uh, well, of course, I have like extension. You know, with my grandfather, he had children with other women, so I have like three or four aunts that are like dispersed other places, but one that comes around a lot is my aunt Paula and she is white but she never um she never you know treated me different and and for the record like my aunt Paula she's messed around you know with like black men and stuff like that and my mom when I as me growing up I've only seen my mom with a black man like I might have seen her with like a like two or three white men that she was literally tricking out. <laughs> that was it. Anytime she was in a relationship, she was with a black man. And like we used to go every year, I used to go uh, on a family reunion trip to Marksville and I'd meet up with my family from Mississippi. And I mean, We've been having this family reunion ever since I could remember. I was probably like five years old, my first one. And we all meet up at at the Paragon Casino every year. And like, I never thought nothing of it, you know? So as I got older, and like I said, I started hanging around my black friends. 
it was time to go on another family reunion trip. I think I was like 15. And like the whole vibe changed. Like when I got there, it was the whole thing changed. Like they weren't talking to me. My cousins weren't talking to me. Like one of them had a, a, a husband, boyfriend, whatever at the time. And like her mom was like, oh yeah, she going to college and she doing this and doing that and doing this. And then, uh, then my one of my other uncles, you know, he was like, oh, that's Chelsea right there. Oh, she's getting older. She's going to be just like her mom. And da, 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 da. And she ain't going to graduate from high school and this and that. And, you know, I could have feel like the tension between us. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't no love, no family love. Like, what I thought whenever I was a child. Why do you think they had all that animosity to you, like, all of a sudden out of nowhere? Was it because you were, like, hitting puberty and coming into your own and they realized you were starting to take more after your black side than your white side? Or, like, what oh, do you definitely. think it was? Oh, definitely, definitely. That's, that's dead on. Yeah, they realized, like, the way I would do my hair, the way I would dress would be different. My bathing suit would be different, you know? My shoes would be different than them. Like, every time we go, we usually, like, trade bathing suits and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> Just what cousins would do. But, nah, it was it was different. Yeah, I don't even... Madison, she kind of talked to me. I don't even remember Sarah even talking to me. Sarah didn't even speak to me. Mm-mm. And I was like, oh, it's cool. It's all cool. And then they had another family reunion. And I said, I'm going to go to this one. My mama drove. And I was pregnant with uh, Mason, my first son. And I said, we can go. And uh, I went out there. Like, uh, again, they didn't talk to me. That's fine. That's fine. My uncle asked me, oh, you're pregnant and you're not married yet? Oh, that's fine. Throw, throw shade. It's clear. <laughs> so I heard it before. Because, I mean, I, it would, I felt like it would make my mom and them happy, you know? And then at the same time, I didn't realize, like, I felt the difference. I felt the animosity, you know? But I didn't realize what I think in my brain today, if that makes sense. Like, you know, just stay away from stay, you know, back. I was still like the type, I was like, well, let's just go, you know, like, let's just go and enjoy the trip. And I'll say, hey, you know, such and such, if such and such don't talk to everybody could be like cordial. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, heck it, you know, everybody should be all right, you know. And uh, I mean, they was really, they was all right. You know, they didn't, like I said, they didn't talk to me. which is fine to me. You know, one of my aunts, I made a post uh, on Facebook talking about, talking about how uh, like black women, we don't get the same amount of attention in the hospital as, as white women or any other race. And she was like, you know, I don't think that's true and da 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 da. And you know, she was just, I could tell it was giving off Trump support and vibes. So, I mean, I just, I just don't. I just, yeah, I just chill from now on. They was going to have another, matter of fact, they got another family reunion coming up in March, but I ain't going. <laughs> nah, I ain't going. 
So now you just then got to the point where you're like, fuck that. I ain't I don't have oh. to be around here if I don't want to. Oh yeah, girl, on my last Facebook, if you haven't noticed, I deleted my last Facebook because it was all on my little fake friends on that. I deleted that last Facebook and I made a whole nother one. I was like, oh no. Once they start trying to, oh, let me see some pictures of your kids. Wait, you don't even talk to me. You don't even talk to me, but you want some pictures of my kids? So I have a question. How, okay. How, how do what happened to you as a kid growing up affect your life today? Oof. Well, it, that's a that's a big question because it affects my life in so so many ways. Like I have a lot of a lot of trigger moments, <laughs> a lot of trigger moments, especially with the person that I'm in partnership relationship with. He knows how to trigger a lot of those, and I don't. To be honest, I don't even think he knows that he triggers those things in me like like sometimes he'll misplace his wallet you know and stuff like that and I'll take it as you know like he thinks I stole his wallet you know what I'm saying because that's what my grandfather used to do he used to come at me and he'd be like you stole some money on my wallet and you went in my uh, my bag when I wasn't paying attention and you stole my pills, you stole my medication. And yeah, so, I mean, I get a lot of, a lot of trigger points, a lot of trigger moments. Um, I mean, and like, I, I still have traumatic things going on in my life, you know? Not too long ago, you know, my mom, uh, she was shot in, a bad situation but she survived she's okay and I had to take care of her for a little while until she was able to uh, walk again on her own and use the bathroom on her own but she's okay now she matter of fact yesterday she just went to get the bullet removed out of her leg but and then like two years ago my uh well on the 29th make two years my uncle was shot but he was killed. So, and now, and then my grandfather died whenever I was like, whenever I was pregnant with Mason, my grandfather died. So I was like 18. And so now everybody, you know, my, my uncle's gone. So now it's just my grandmother at the house. And my mom barely goes over there. And so I guess my grandmother feels like all she has is me now. So, you know, like her being racist was only, I guess, whenever my grandfather was around type of thing. So now it's kind of like a fake love type of thing. I was about to ask, so like, how does, because would you say when you was like growing up living in that house, would you say you got it worse from your grandfather or from your grandmother? Or was it like even? Well... Like I said, my grandmother, she would she would hit me a lot. She would push me around and hit me a lot. That's why I don't trust her with my children. My grandfather, he used to beat me with a belt every day when I come home from school. Like if I have like a 
like the one of those straight faces or the frowning faces on my little card thing, go to the bathroom and pick your belt off the back of the wall. And it wasn't a good selection. And I used to get my ass toe, toe. Just for that. And I mean, oh Lord. God, just thinking about <laughs> that's why I'm so protected that's why I'm so protective of my children because I don't just trust them with just anybody because oh lord and your uncle Johnny he was like did he ever like try to come to your defense as a kid or well, like whenever I was young you know my uncle always into something girl <laughs> so yeah, we go break into a a, a judge's house. <laughs> he broke in the judge. <laughs> God, him and somebody went go break into a judge house, girl, and then they was caught on camera. God, it gave him ten years. So he was, he was prison. yeah, yeah, he was in prison. You know, like the first, like my whole child childhood, he was in prison. And then I remember him getting out when I was probably like, well, like 12, 13, maybe around 10. And like, but every time like something like that would happen in front of him, like my grandfather would accuse me of stealing and stuff. Like, girl, one time I was washing the dishes, minding my business. He come walk up behind me almost like, like trying to whisper in my ear on some type of shit. You son of a bitch. I know you went in my fucking room while I was sleeping and stole my fucking medicine, bitch. Da 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 da. God, I'm like, I'm just standing there, like, girl, like, I never took a pill before in my life. Like, I just, I smoked weed, but man, I ain't never took a pill in my life. And at this point, I was basically a child. Girl, so and then uh, my my grand after he walked away, my uncle look at my grandmother and say, "You know, you just watch that whole shit go down right there, and you ain't you ain't gonna say nothing, and you know damn well you went in that room and stored that medicine." And my grandmother's gonna say, "Just shut up, just shut up." So she was gonna let you take the fall. So yeah, get away with it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? That, that's- I'm sorry. Have you ever witnessed him like fight her or beat on her? Um, they say like this is before I was born. Like he used to whip her ass. Like he used to bring bitches in the house, go sleep with them in the room. Like yeah, and if they wanted to live there, they could live there. It was that type of. <laughs> So it kind of sound like to me that maybe your grandmother wasn't like that. She just did what she had to do for her husband. Now you see. Because now, now that he's see. gone and things change because somebody that's truly racist, it don't matter who here and who not here, who I have left or who I do have left, they still would, you know, want nothing to do with you or treat you badly well I definitely feel 
the racism towards me de-escalated de drastically. But her racism in period, no, she's racist. No, she's dead on racist. Like she's, like I've done caught her saying racist thing. Like she got a bruise on her arm, girl. And she told uh, Darius, she said, look, we the same color. Now why are you gonna say that? Yeah, like just, just say it's the most, yeah, so no, she's definitely racist. But like I said, like, I feel like she more so needs me because I'm the only one there left. So that's why she, you know, calm herself down. Like she don't have nobody else to look after her. She knows right. they don't get along. So, and you the only other option left. Exactly. I'm her last option. So of course she got to try to keep it sweet. So your kid's father are, is he black? Yes, he's black. So your kids are more yeah. uh, percentage black than you are. So how yeah. how do she react to them? Well, like she treats them, you know, she treats them nice, she treats them sweet, but I've never let her alone with my children before. So yeah, I've never, and my son is six years old. I've never left her alone with any of my children. And that's just on PTSD, you know, like that's on, oh no, 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 no. I couldn't do it. I, I, I had anxiety the whole time. When you live there, like, so. Right, right. Let me ask you this, how, has the dynamic between you and your mom been because pretty much your grandparents basically had you from like almost day one right well no not necessarily whenever okay like my like I said when my mom was pregnant um they she told them that she was pregnant for a white man and my grandmother went to the hospital with her and whenever she gave birth like my grandmother passed out on the floor and knocked herself out. <laughs> and so, Good, like <laughs> so yeah, it was like whenever my hair, my curly hair pop up, she just flatlined. Like the nurses had to grab her, they had to stick an IV in her, give her fluids. <laughs> what? <laughs> like bring mom back to life <laughs> good yeah I mean so it's dark really humor that's why I'm laughing any <laughs> blacks in the family at all like that almost killed her and you wasn't I'm the first like, black I'm the first black in the family you that that damn near killed her seeing that you had little kinky hair like that that, that damn near took her life girl and you took- wasn't even good you ain't even have two feet on the on the earth yet and she <laughs> took it out girl I'm telling you yep yep so, they tell the story every day to what happened from there okay so my mom she started like I said she started running the street and she started but she still had me though while she was running the street, she still had me. She had me like up until like two, until I was like two, almost three years old. And she was dancing. Uh, 
stuff like that. And uh, my great grandmother, she didn't approve of it. And she was like, y'all need to go get that baby, you know, I'm gonna call it CPS or whatever. So they went, my grandmother went over there. She got me, brought me back. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the way it started ever since. And uh, shit, my great grandmother, the one, the one that I just was talking about, her name is Joyce, which is what my mom's name is. And she's she's my grandfather's mama. So this is not on my grandmother's side. This is on my grandfather's side. And I never uh, felt her treat me any different either. She she loved me too. I felt genuine love from her too. But I felt like it. He was just. I felt like he was evil, like the Chucky seed. He was just a demon seed. I hated that man. I'm telling you. And then, and then, uh, shit. Whenever I, whenever I got, so my grandparents raised me since I was like three. Whenever I got like thirteen, my mama came back around, and she kind of wanted to, hey, I'm here to play mom type of thing, you know. And uh, she was like, I want her to move into the house with me, and I'm just like, what? Like now, <laughs> you know. But I was like, okay, all right. But I did it anyways. And I went over there moving and me and her fought like cats and dogs. We fought and fought back and forth with each other. Like, you're not my mom, you can't tell me what to do, you know? And she was just, yeah, she was still wilding. She was still messing up on drugs. Like she used to, I used to wake up in the middle of the night, door unlocked, you know what I'm saying? Like house, house unlocked, she gone. Sometimes she she stay gone two, three days at a time. And this how was all going. affect you like growing up? Like how did that make you feel like not having her as like a steady person in your life and then you having to wake up and deal with your grandmother and your grandfather on an everyday basis like did that shape the way you felt about her as time went on or well I always like I always loved my mom like for some reason I just always loved her I always had a strong unconditional love from her she pissed me off but for some reason I just I didn't I didn't care because maybe it's because I wanted to get away from my grandparents so bad. I was willing to put up with whatever she had going on just to get away from them, you know? And like the lesser evils. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, if that's what all I got to deal with, then I'll go lock the door type of thing. So, um, and it, it, okay, so that went on with her leaving the door unlocked and shit like that, that all went on until one day she came back. I'm talking about busted up. I'm talking about her jaw almost looked broke. Her eye bust wide open. Just looked busted up, fucked up. And I was like, damn, you know, what happened to you? <laughs> She's like, she like, now, now picture this. This is what you're telling a little 13, 
14, might be 15, little girl, right? You say, oh, I jumped in front of a car and tried to kill myself. Bitch, what? What? So she was trying to commit suicide? That's what she said. She jumped in front of a car and tried to kill herself. Which in all actuality, some nigga beat the fuck out of her. And by some nigga, I want to say Derek. It's her boyfriend who she's still with right now. Allegedly. But I'm telling you. And then so I went back to school the next day and I'm in high school laughing high and this shit has rattled me the fuck up you know and at the time I know it's crazy but I was cool with one of my teachers so you can kind of see what happened now I went and told my teacher what had happened not thinking my teacher was going to call CPS and like two days later, I was at my friend's house, spending the night at my homegirl house. They called me, <clears throat> my grandmother called me, the sheriff just left over here looking for you. And I said, looking for me for what? Oh, uh, they come, they wanted to come over here and take you. I said, take me for what? <laughs> oh, uh, because of whatever you told your teacher and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So, girl, we had to go to court all over again. I'm like 14 years old at court with my mom and my grandmother. And the social worker is this black lady. And she's like, I mean, she's probably like 24, you know, she's young. And I remember like crying to her and I was like, ma'am, I don't want to go with my grandmother. I want to stay with my mom. And she's like, it's not what you want. You know, it's what's best for you. And I'm like, they're not best for me. They not best for me. So. So you was you know. asking the social worker to like, to do something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, no. I said to tell her that you like in a fucked up situation and she's still trying to make you go back. Girl, making me. She was like, we signed the papers. You go home. She was like, bye-bye. <laughs> you go home to your grandparents. So. And whenever I went home, it was literally hell. It was literally hell. Like, I'm talking about this nigga, my grandfather. He want to fight me every single day just about this and that. Cursing me out, calling me a stupid son of a bitch. Just, yeah. And I was trying to go to school at the same time, girl. My grandfather kicked me out. I said, okay, you kicked me out. And at the time I was going to Scott, uh, going to uh, Acadia and a high. And my uncle and them had lived in Scott, my Uncle Johnny. So I said, Uncle Johnny, can I come stay over there? You know, they kicked me out. I'm trying to still go to school and stuff like that. He was like, yeah, come over here. I go over there. Man, <clears throat> just some bullshit went down. Like, he starts seeing, you know, like I have like male friends that, you know, deal with different things, you know what I'm saying? Come and pick me up and stuff like that. So he was like, you know, you know, can I get some medicine from him and stuff like that? And I, I couldn't get no medicine for him, you know? I don't I don't deal with medicine anyway. So he tried to hook me up with one of his P 
people, which really I feel like it was a more of a pro, it was more of a like pimping out type of thing. I feel like my uncle tried to pimp me out to this dude. He was like, you know, go chill with him. He was real nice. I want you to meet him and da 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 And they were like giving me clothes to wear and you know, his girlfriend was like doing my hair and you know, stuff like that. And then I went chill with the dude. I went chill with him a little while, but after a while the nigga was corny. So I was like, can you drop me off, you know, in Fightingville? I'ma make my way. <laughs> so nigga was like, cool. He dropped me off. And then after that, like an hour or two later, I guess he called my uncle or something and told him he ain't got none. Cause my uncle was like, uh, oh, you going by those dudes over there. Don't you ever come back to my house and all your stuff is going to be put outside and da, 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 da. And I was like, huh? Wait, why are you so mad at me? What, what did I do? <laughs> you know? Like, damn. And then, yeah, ever since then, shit, I've been out. Been out. <laughs> I've been on, doing it on my own. And how I ain't know. I was like, I was 16. I was 16. At the time, did you realize, like, when they was trying to send you out to go on this date with this man, did you realize that he was trying to pimp you out at that time, or did you just think they was trying to, like, hook you up with somebody, or? No, I thought they was trying to hook me up. I thought they was really just trying to hook me up with this dude, you know? They were like, he smokes weed, you know, stuff like that. I thought he was really trying to just hook me up with somebody just maybe to get me out their hair, find me a boyfriend type of thing, you know? I didn't think nothing of it. And I think I was probably about, no, matter of fact, I was 16. I was 16 because whenever I got, whenever I turned 17, I had already started messing with Jody, who is my partner right now. I had already started messing with Jody. So I turned 17. And then I pulled up, that's when I pulled up to my grandmother's house and I said, Grandma, can you come with me, give me an ID? I'm finally 17, I wanna go start working. She said, fine, let's go. We go to the DMV together. <clears throat> and I didn't have all the paperwork or something like that. So they was like, just come back. So I was like, okay. We left, I go to drop my grandmother back off my mama standing in the driveway, Darius in the driveway, and my grandfather. And when we pull up, like, my grandfather starts, like, off top. Oh, you fucking nigger. Uh, you, you taking my wife to go do drugs, and y'all selling crack, and y'all doing crack, and, you know, my mama had done told him. My mama had done told him that, um, you know, we were going to do all kind of craziness. Man, we had just went to the DMV. That's it. We went right into the DMV and come back. So <laughs> but, your mom knows how your grandfather and your grandmother, like, treated Well, yeah. Yeah, she knows because... I mean, her growing up, like my grandmother, you know, 
she would let my grandfather's friends and him too, like molest her and rape her and stuff like that. So I'm like, so imagine this. These are the people that you're leaving me with. Imagine that. So he used to let his friends molest his own daughter and rape his own daughter. And she thought it was a good idea to leave you with them. Girl. I'm like, you sure the state wouldn't have been bad? <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is, and it's how it turned out, and this is who I am. And I mean, yeah, shit just is what it is. I mean, I'm okay. I mean, I'm okay. I, I try to do my meditation, you know, my shadow work, my therapy, whatever, and get in tune with my thoughts and self-love is really what I've been trying to work on. How do you think all of this had as an effect on like if you how I want I'm trying to figure out how I want to like how how I need to word it. Okay. So like if you were to have grown up with like a stable father figure like if you were to have had that connection with your dad's parents or with your dad do you think that would have gave you some some type of like outlet to be able to like go to and like get away like if you'd have had that connection with your dad's family and stuff like you'd have had a whole nother family to like go to and say hey look these people are racist they treat me wrong they they abuse me they're you know they talk they talk crazy to me all the time like you'd have had like a whole nother family to turn to and like get away from that like how does that ever do you ever like think about that like does that ever like well yeah I think I I thought about that for a long time and then I started to learn who they are you know and I'm not nobody's perfect you know what I'm saying but at the same time like my cousin Jasmine and Jocelyn they was what they thought that they was too bad and that they couldn't handle them. So they sent them off to like a juvenile school way up in like Natchitoches or something, Alexandria, you know what I'm saying? And so my grandfather, every time like, especially when I was older and I would get in trouble or shit, if I would talk too loud, he would, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you to juvie. I'm gonna send you to juvie. They're going to come pick you up. I ain't got to leave. I ain't got to go nowhere. They're going to come pick you up. That's all I would hear. I'd have to walk on eggshells. So, how does your upbringing and the way that you're feeling inside, because I I hear you say you're working on your child work, which means you're in the middle of it or starting it. I don't know what stage you're in, but how does that affect you as a parent? Is it hard, like, being a parent, knowing that you still have to work on yourself? Or, like, do you feel like it's not hard at all because you know how you want your kids to to grow up? Well is definitely definitely hard because 
I have to like I have to catch myself sometimes in doing things the way you know that they try to bring me up to do them and not do how my children would more accept it like raising them how I can say this I mean I honestly feel like I can't do it by myself you know so that's another reason why I feel like it's hard I feel like if it's if I can't be there I have to have somebody that I can literally trust with my life to take care of my children you know what I'm saying that's another reason why I put up so long with the bullshit from him and and then I, I realized some of his upbringings also affect you know what I'm saying my children and the way he thinks and it's like we contradicting each other sometimes you know so it, it gets hard it gets it definitely gets hard I try to keep it you know, easy on my children where they don't, they don't see, you know, the, whenever mommy's crying and whenever mommy's not feeling good that day because I'm just in depression mode and, you know, stuff like that. It, it gets hard. So now that you're older and you've gone through all of these things, um, and you say you're starting to build a relationship with your with your father now, but he's still he's still currently incarcerated. Um, going yeah. forward, how do you how do you think like this has made you grow as a person? Like, have you found like any like lights at the end of the tunnel? Like any positive things that it's helped you improve on? Okay, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say improvements, but as far as the way it made me grow, like as a person, I'm just, I have like a guard up towards everything and everybody. Like, I feel like I can't trust anybody, you know, I feel like I can't talk to anybody or I feel like I'm not uh, living up to what they expect from me. You know, I have to go over and beyond or they're not going to be happy enough, you know. Or whenever, and then whenever I realize I could have done nothing and they would have still been happy, then I feel stupid. But it's like I always feel like I have to I have to prove myself or something. I don't I don't know. I don't know how I explain like it. And just just me, just just growing up and just growing as a person, I always feel like I have to prove myself. And I, I know I need a lot of like external help. You know, it, it can't just all be me trying to figure out myself. <laughs> Cause you know, that's that's crazy. I can understand that. I can uh, get where you you could see, like, because there's only so much that as 
you just being isolated by yourself can like work on without having to like because sometimes talking to somebody else might trigger something to make you think a different way or learn right right way or um so going forward what's your take on all of this because your grandfather passed away right so he passed away with y'all with him still being the same way he was he was he was him right up until the moment he died right Mm-hmm. Yep. Whenever I was pregnant, he would make comments like, uh, oh, you let him uh, like hit it and quit it type of thing. You know, you knocked up and we living together and everything, right? Me and Jordy living together. I'll just go over there. I went over there like one time whenever I was pregnant, I think to go get like my old TV or something I had over there. And he saw me, he was like, you know, just disrespectful. And they called me. They say he real sick. You need to go see him. I never went to see him. I said, oh, I'm pregnant. I can't handle all that. And I never went to see him. And then he died. And I was dead. And then he haunted me in my nightmares for years after that. Until I started my forgiveness process. And then I haven't had another dream about him since. That's crazy. That's that's kind of like, yeah. I probably would have did a whole cleansing. I'd have probably felt like it was <laughs> haunting my house. I probably would have staged everything, threw holy water everywhere, threw Florida water on everything. Girl, I'm telling you. I probably would have held a whole um, seance. You got to go. (laughs) Get that negativity out of here. And in my dreams, it would just be him just over and over, cursing me out over and over. You bitch, you this, you son of a bitch. And (laughs) just over and over. Like, I wouldn't even be doing shit. (laughs) But... Like, was there ever a moment when you was like, other people not raised like this? Like, was there ever a moment when you was like, or did you think everybody was treated like that? Well, I mean, I never really saw other parents' interaction like with their children. Like, I would go sometimes to sleepovers and stuff, but it would just be it'd be like just nice to me, you know? They, they parents would be nice. We'd have food, sleepover, movies, you know? We go on uh, vacations and they take me on vacations, on like camping trips and shit. And I mean, it was just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think nothing of it to be honest. And then whenever I, I just thought it was normal. I just thought, well, that's just the way my grandparents is. And I wouldn't tell nobody or nothing like that, you know? I didn't think nothing was wrong with it. But they used to always, you know, like threaten me, like, you you took away our golden years. You took away our golden years. Girl, I couldn't like tell open you thought that they couldn't, like, just be old, basically? Like, that's like... Yeah, yeah, they said they couldn't be old because I'm there. 
I took away their golden years. They couldn't be old because but of you me. You used to be in this world, like it just happened that way. Like you, you, they never like. Was there ever a time where they placed like any of the blame on your mama, or like did they ever like? you know, hey, you need to get yourself together and come get your kid? Like, was there ever any of that? Do you know? No, because she was either in and out of jail or she was she was paying child support. My mama still is paying child support from me, like, almost till today. The stimulus check paid off the rest of the child support that she owed, that she owed, so... They never, it was never like that because they was receiving benefits. They was receiving checks. So she was paying child support to your grandparents. Oh yeah, yeah. She was paying child support. And she had like back child support, all of that. She paid all of it. 18 so years. Mind getting the money. Right. They just didn't want you there. Right, right. Like if I open up the ice box, what you getting? Uh, what you get? Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can have some water or something. You can't have no soda. Uh, you can't make no sandwich and this and that. Yeah, they used to get mad when I want to eat noodles. Oh, you can't eat no ramen noodles. You gotta eat what we cook. I don't want to eat that nasty ass shit. I rather eat some damn noodles. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. I didn't know your mama paid them child support. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, eighteen years, girl. I thank God for that stimulus. So they were <laughs> still collecting child support on you even after they put you out. Yeah. Yeah, so, she was still collecting child support, food stamps. Claiming me on taxes. So they didn't mind getting the benefits behind it. They just needed you at an age to where they could just put you out and feel like you could fend for yourself, basically, so that they wouldn't get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> so I'm going to... Like, like I said, the years done passed, and I don't know. Uh, I guess she feels like I'm all she has left now. That's why she treat me like that. But like, like for a couple times, you know, I just been wanting to cut off, just cut off completely. But then I feel so guilty, and I feel bad because I feel like she ain't got nobody. I might be stretching myself thin to do shit for her. And do you feel like you feel like that because, like, you look at it like that's still my grandmother? That's how you feel about it? Or, like, is it kind of like, um, what's the word? Is it, um, is it what syndrome? Oh. Is, that how, is that the word I'm looking for? Whenever, like, you're you you still is are sympathetic Stock, with your is it Stockholm? Stockholm syndrome? I mean, it's like I want to say a little bit of both because whenever I whenever I'm there it's like I really feel 
kind of like genuine love, you know? But whenever I'm not there, it's kind of like I'm with my own thoughts and I'm like, she just using me up. You know what I'm saying? She just using me dry. <laughs> like I know it, I know it. But she's such a good liar. But you don't think she had to be like to be able to manipulate her way around your grandfather? Like she had to become like a master manipulator in order to survive. That was like her survival tactic. Now I don't know who she was prior to meeting your grandfather or how she was or what. She got with my grandfather when she was fifteen years old. So she was a child. Mm-hmm. She and was fifteen was years old. He was like 24, 25. Mm Mm-hmm. They got married when she was 15. What you said, Nikki? I said I'm lost for words. Yep. They got married when she was 15. Her mama signed the paper. So, like... Being that he was already abusive and had abusive tendencies, he was already racist. It's like she had to adapt to be able to learn how to stay on his good side, basically. And she already knew what it was like to get his wrath. Because I'm pretty sure marrying a 24, 25-year-old man at the age of 15, he was probably already setting his ways, whatever ways that was at the time. Mm-hmm. So she had to learn how to maneuver and I'm pretty sure those first few years was hugging her ass because she was still learning how to tiptoe around him and then when she mastered that and had things to throw in his way to have him focus on like her own children and you and that was her way of not having to deal with him directly basically basically so I mean like I said I mean I keep my distance you know it's not like like okay we not here forever on this earth you know what I'm saying and I know she might have I don't know how long she got left that's only for the good lord to see but I just I, I like to leave on a good note and not the way I left off with my grandfather, you know? Do that bother and... What, with my grandfather? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. The dreams bothered me more. I forgave him so he could stop coming to me in the dream. I ain't give a fuck about going to see him. I still don't give a fuck today about going to see him. I'm glad I didn't go see him. That helped me. That's helping me with my process. Because I don't... Mm-mm. He... He he traumatized me too much, too much. So I don't feel bad about not seeing him on his dying bed. No, no. But I would feel bad not going to see my grandmother though. That would probably you know eat me up if I didn't. So even though they both kind of dished it out to you, you still feel more compassion for your grandmother than you ever did your grandfather yeah yep even though she would hit me and all of that I mean 
like she brought something up to me the other day about um you know she should have stopped my grandfather whenever he had started hitting on me <laughs> I'm just like you know it's it's just too late it's too late for that now the damage is done but thanks for thinking about it <laughs> why do you think she's having this like this revelation all of a sudden or do you think that's something she always carried in her and she just never wanted to like say anything because she couldn't say anything in front of him like you think if she ever tried to like apologize in front of him to you or whatever you think like that would have been that would have been I think that considering Johnny's gone. The house was supposed to go to Johnny. And my mama doesn't like, uh, I mean, my grandmother doesn't like my mom's boyfriend. So, I mean, it's like, who else does she have left to leave the house to besides me? So I think that's, that's why she's like, you know, have to get in and cool with Chelsea, leave the house with her type of thing. But at the same time, she, whenever she brings up about selling the house, I'm like, just sell it. Get rid of it. You know? Like, what do I want that my mama wants to keep it? Keep it for what? You might have had all right memory. I ain't had no good memory. If she leave me with that house, I'm selling that shit. No regrets. <laughs> The house been there since probably fucking 1800s. I don't give a fuck. You think I'm about to keep that evil, evil? Just, oh no. The house just got too much energy, Annie. God, too much evil energy. I don't like it. I hate being there. The vibe is off when I go there. Jordan don't like the night. <laughs> shit, he said he done had dreams and shit was like attacking him in the bathroom and spirits and shit. I said, oh no. I, saw I, all I, the recent white ancestors getting him. God, 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 I was staging the house <laughs> not too long ago. I just staged the fuck out of it. And my grandmother was like, you trying to get your grandfather out of here? I'm like, I'm trying to get everything out of here. Get it all out. He'll be outside waiting on you. <laughs> okay, so thank you for talking with us and giving us a little bit of your story. Um, uh, like the reason is kind of like I was noticing a trend on TikTok where a lot of like biracial children, especially like black and white biracial children, was talking about the differences in growing up, and they were saying there was just like huge differences in growing up with a black mom versus a white mom, and or growing up being raised by the white side of your family versus growing up being closer to your black side of your family, and I figured you would be a a good person to talk to about a lot of those things about the, with everything that you experienced growing up being raised mostly by your white side of your family but you eventually like migrated towards black people and was that like just intentional like were you purposely like 
because they act like this I'm gonna I'm gonna start hanging around more black people or was it it was like a natural call and you was like well like okay I remember when I was like right after the haircut situation and I was hanging out with that little white girl Mary that's whenever I had met uh, my friend named Ayana and me and her started hanging out and then um, she started showing me you know like how to do my hair and stuff like that well one of my hair did grow out and stuff but that's when and then she would bring me by you know her black family and then other black friends at the playground and I started hanging out with the other black kids (laughs) and you know Ayana is a very social person so I started being social with her Cause at the time I was just like in a, a nutshell, like I wasn't talking to nobody. You know, I had my one little friend, the little white girl across the street, and I wasn't hanging out with her because she had lights. And I was just, I was just really insecure about my hair a lot. My hair was the main thing, um, and I mean, like, like black girls, they would bully me a lot. Like, I got bullied a lot by black girls. Um, they would like, say, you know... bully you about? They were like, you know, your skin is pale. Your skin is so white and so pale. And your hair is so dry. And just look at it. It's so nappy. And, oh, my God, you're like, you're like a ghost. You're like Casper the Friendly Ghost. So ever since then... I just wanted to be black. (laughs) Like, I just wanted to, like, I grew up wanting to be dark. Like, I wanted to be dark, dark, dark. And, I mean, that's that's just how I grew up. And then I just started hanging around black girls. And I just, that's just how it went. So does it affect the way you see race today? I mean, or you feel I like feel color like, doesn't matter? No, I feel like, cause I mean, even though the black girls were bullying me, they were still talking to me, <laughs> you know. And like the boys, only the black boys would talk to me. The white boys wouldn't talk to me. And then like growing up, like white girls wouldn't talk to me. Only the black girls would talk. To me. So only I only had black friends. I didn't have no white friends. <laughs> Like all throughout high school, I had no white friends at all, only black friends. And I mean, with me now, I kind of just like with coworkers, you know, I just, eh. people I meet on the street, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> like I'd rather, I'd rather be friends, you know, a, a sister before I be friends. And it's, and it's not like a racist thing. I just feel like we have more in common. I feel like we could talk about more things. I feel like we could agree on more things. Like, girl, I try to have a conversation with this white girl the other day. And she started talking about that, uh, what was that, 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 that guy in Kyosha that shot them, them dude, Kyle Rittenhouse? Mm-hmm. You know, she started talking about him, and I'm just like, how could he do that? And she's just like, but it was self-defense, you know? So it's just like, whoa, wait. It's giving Trump supporter again. 
So I just I just exited the situation. That's why I just I feel like I have more more to talk about with black people. <laughs> Shit. I don't I don't hate white people. I mean I just I just move around them if that makes sense. Like I just I just don't fuck with them. You just kind of like let them do them and I'm gonna do me and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like and I you can stay get in your circle stay in your circle I stay in mine you know like do it across the street you got your Trump twenty twenty four sign like it's cool whatever I'm just turn my head like I'm not gonna you better take this shit down <laughs> you know type of thing just just don't bring it over yeah you know what I'm saying don't start with that craziness and. It is what it is. I don't support nobody 2024. I support single America 2024. Do you think growing up the way you did, it taught you like how to maneuver in the world as far as race goes? Like as far as dealing with white people and how to deal with black people like, do you think that you find yourself like, um, like how they talk about code switching? What you mean? Like how they say like you adapt to talk to and deal with white people differently than you do black people when you're when you're black. Do you like find that growing up in that type of situation, it taught you how to better maneuver around like white people, like how to how to talk to them, how to get what you need out of them, like stuff like that. Well, well, I mean, I, it did make me professionalize the white person voice over the phone. Like, I could do that to the T. But, I mean, like, in it. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to act like I'm answering the hotel where I used to work at. Hi, comfort in and sweets. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Click on, click on. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, like I don't, I don't try to get nothing out of them and nothing like that. Just if I, I feel like if I'm going on a job interview or something like that, I mean, I would probably try to, you know, use more of the white voice than I would a normal slang type of voice. I mean, if that makes sense. Because I know for a fact, as soon as I walk in there, they're looking at me different. I know it. <laughs> you know, I grew everywhere. Not, I grew your name is like you got a white person name, like or well, you got a name that could be either one. But there's a lot of white girls named Chelsea, and then you spell it differently too. So then it's like once they looking at your first name, then they look at your last name because you got you got a, a white person last name too. So then it's like they be like, oh okay. And they like just break out the bonfire and the KKK sign right now. <laughs> Cause this is a country redneck about to come in y'all with that name. They just they just knew I was a, you know, girl. And I walk in there, look. No, it's me. It's me. And I wear my natural hair. I got so many compliments uh wearing my curls out the other day. But I mean, shit, my name was supposed to be Natalie, so I guess Chelsea out of suit, but 
<laughs> so in conclusion if you had to give any advice to um a, a younger version of you or a younger um black kid growing up in your type of situation that you had to deal with what would you what would you tell them be strong until you get out and when I say get out I think you know whenever you turn 18 and like you know you're moving out in a normal way to get a job you know don't depend on them to help you and to get you along the way, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not going to happen. Like my grandfather told me plenty of times, he was going to buy me a car and do this and do that. And all of that fell through. All of that fell through. So, and I wouldn't, I, I want to call them narcissists so bad. But it's like, I, it's like, it's a master manipulation type of thing. It's a psychological tactic, and it's like, you know, I had a, a lot, a long time with why would you leave me with these people, you know? And am I supposed to be here? They all say I was a mistake. So I want that, I would want her to know she's not a mistake. You know, everybody's here for a reason. You're here for a special reason. And everybody has a life whenever they get older. Life is so much bigger than what ha- what happened whenever you was 13 you know what i'm saying like you could you could make a better life you know what i'm saying God say the same you could have plenty of more years than that one traumatized one traumatizing time or two or three traumatizing times whatever that is some good final words nikki do you have anything you want to say or add or well, I could say, don't let your past affect who you are today because it's just that foundation you need to become stronger. Everybody has their stories, but know that your story is also what you're going to tell when, when you make it where you want to be in life. Let me say that. So, yes, you've been through all this. Yes, you still say you've gone through things, but don't let that define you as a person. Amen. I like that as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So, signing from the Bare Bones Podcast. Thank you for coming, sitting, and talking with us, Chelsea, and sharing some of your life experiences with us. We very much appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure, y'all. <laughs> so, good night, everybody from Bare Bones Podcast. All right, good night. Bye.